Now I hit record. Okay. That's a charm. I believe you. So here's the thing. If why channeling my inner Ben Ornstein here, why wouldn't these podcasting or recording apps, why wouldn't they be local, like some kind of local app that had access to your disc and could do that work that but we I do think they also are. starting QuickTime? I think they're doing that they're recording locally. Hmm. But in the browser, which nobody trusts to work consistently? They they freeze or something and you're like, did you actually do the thing or Yeah. I just uh it'd be I would I would go to any recording app that didn't require me to start QuickTime simultaneously in the background. Yeah. Well you so could that's just a not start QuickTime and just hope pray for the best. <laughs> that's terrible. I don't want to have to do it. Like <laughs> it's like it's a seatbelt on your seatbelt. It's not my job. Yeah. 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 So Good to see you, man. Cool. Three times. How's your week? In a row. Mm-hmm. Consistency. Yeah, dude. My week is good. I uh, I started the co-working space end of last week, yeah. and yeah. Uh, it's pretty cool. It's um, I don't think I talked much about uh, the co-working space, but you know, we moved to this small town, and it's uh, so this town have has a train station. It's kind of it's. It's how most people know it because it's on the main train line that when mm. you go across country in Denmark. Yeah. And uh, the old train station building is not used, wasn't used for anything really, um, except like a waiting room. You know, mm. in the old day, they had like a ticket office and all this stuff, but no one, you know, you just buy your ticket on your phone or whatever now. Yeah. So uh, they, someone started a coffee shop, which is a really nice coffee shop. And then, a co-working space so that's so cool you work from the old train station and it's still a ve- like a very active train station full of it's small but it has trains coming through all the time so it's so nice it's like it, it's it's this weird and it's in the middle of the forest as well this train station so it's kind of has this weird what vibe of like being in this, it's this old building in the middle of the forest but then you have these trains coming through all the time with like people going from you know, one big city to another big city or going to the airport or so it's it's got this weird vibe of like it's kind of central or you have all these busy people but at the same time it's like in a in a calm environment and uh, yeah i really dig it it's, it's just yeah awesome to find a place like that in such a small town it's unusual it's mm-hmm. uh it's a better co-working space than many co-working space i know in copenhagen even that's awesome. you do find these like offices which are like for you know consultants that where they basically drive around in their car all day and they need rooms for meetings and it's like mm-hmm. very corporate but i wouldn't want to have my I wouldn't want to go to one of those offices. Those are more common, like all around the country. But this is a really nice co-working space, and it's just yet another thing I really like about this new town. And yeah, it's nice to be able to. I have a like a twenty-minute walk through the forest to get there, cool, and get my work done, and then go home and and be be done with it. It's nice. It's it's nice to also finally be out <laughs> yeah um, i'm looking at it on the google google home. maps right now and uh, yeah it looks really pleasant and one thing i noticed is there's a bike rack that is gigantic there by american <laughs> standards where I'm, yeah. I'm like looking at this going really 
<laughs> like you go to a train yeah. station here in the suburbs and there's like there's like a place for 12 bikes it just in case a few people yeah. you know part there I'm some weirdos there's like 300 bikes all par all light up together it's like yeah awesome. yeah yeah it's crazy how much people bike here yeah i'm I thinking mean, about getting one uh with like a little either a little trailer or you get it has kind of like it has a a trailer in front of it so you can have your kid your wife everything you need mm. <laughs> bike them around yeah yeah this is cool yeah. i'm looking at this uh little building and i see one that has a large analog clock like on the front of it but this is the train station is the co-working where you space meet people this? you know when you meet yeah. people at the train station you meet on the <laughs> that's right you tell them be see you there at six o'clock <laughs> and that's how you coordinate yeah. yeah yeah back in the olden days yeah cool so man that that's really nice like it's I'm, I'm really productive um like it takes less uh way less time for me to get stuff done than it did when i was working from home because mm -hmm. the the process of just going there instantly gets me in the right uh, mood for work mm -hmm. so i'm super productive i'm just doing my thing and then walking home and yeah, I'm really, I I really enjoy it, and I, I've had a really good week so far, even though it's only Tuesday. But I've, the weeks for me started last Thursday when I started at a co-working space. Yeah, yeah, cool. Yeah, man. so that's been really nice. I've I've done a quite a, a few things. Um, really started working on marketing. That's kind of like my full time cool. work right now is just trying to fill the the top of funnel with more signups and. Um, I did have one uh, tuple session with Bjorn this week. That was fun. Hmm. We um, we've one of the things we agreed upon when we kind of talked about how we wanted to do things this year was that we would try to have at least one day a week. Typically on a Friday, we would do a like a tuple session just for not necessarily you know like boring work, uh, but more like let's just hop on tuple for two or three hours and see like if there's something cool we want to work on or try like a random thing or this week it was actually something Bjorn wanted to refactor because um we are we have this preview feature in reform and it's not very good and it's it's fallen behind the normal uh, the the actual form quite mm. a bit because you kind of have the way it's built is you kind of have to remember to add that feature to the preview in a sense mm -hmm. um so and so it it looks the same the form but it doesn't act in the same way like it does the preview doesn't have logic and you can't submit the preview and that's something mm -hmm. people always get confused about because you want to kind of try to submit your form before you publish it yeah you can't just publish it with the way things are set up right now because then you need to put in your credit card and start a trial and i th i think that's kind of bad for a churn as well that people are signing up literally just to submit the form and see if they like it or not <laughs> mm, yeah like, right exactly it doesn't make a lot of sense it's a, so it's a false commitment we, right so the way we kind of decided to do it was that we're gonna have all the same code running in the background and then um when you submit like the only way you can load the form when in the same preview mode is if you're logged in and you, you can submit it and you get like a normal submission mm -hmm. and 
eventually that'll be tagged as like a, as a test or preview submission. But for now, it's just going to be like a normal submission. You could just delete it afterwards. But that, that's going to be a much better user experience. But a lot of this logic, uh, some of the logic at least was in the controller. So we would have to duplicate that to like a preview form controller. Mm-hmm. And so that's like a pretty obvious place to start to think about refactoring stuff. And it's gotten quite complicated, the whole flow for like filling out a form, because every time you submit a page, it's like, is this the last page in the form? Because then it's actually, you're actually submitting the form or is it just like a partial submission? Because then we actually just want to validate the current page and then Mm -hmm. we want to redirect you to the next page. But the next page is not the same if you have logic versus if you don't have logic. And if it has logic, it's based on the answer she already gave. So mm. we kind of need to look at that to fix. So there's quite a lot of logic uh, and mm-hmm. stuff going on there. So um, we we refactored that and uh, we're able to have a much nicer kind of API internally for that and stuff that we could reuse. And it was nice to, I love Tuple for that stuff. Like just, yeah, yeah. I just sat in a room at the co-working space and, you know, had some coffee and, just sat on on a call with Bjorn for a couple hours and and just geeked out about like some refactoring project and I really like that we were able to do that and it's just been so long because I've been heads down with all the Mm -hmm. renovation stuff and yeah it sounds like it sounds like the first uh yeah you you've experienced now what you're hoping to like you had the new setting everything was hopeful and optimistic and now you're like it worked. I had yeah, one of those experiences. Really <laughs> right. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. And then I've been working on a marketing, as I said, I've been uh, working on yeah, getting got... a block spun up on the, on the reform side. I've been watching on the Slack mm-hmm. and just, uh, yeah, I'm a little jealous to be honest. It's, it looks like it looks real good, man. <laughs> yeah. We decided to have a name for it. Like a, we wanted to have it kind of like a brand. So it's not just the reform block. It's it, it, it needed kind of its own brand. So we can, mm-hmm. I don't know why I just like, I think I just like coming up with names and <laughs> brands. It's, so like it, oh, so it's it, going to be yeah. called the re- the response, which is kind of oh. like dual meaning or whatever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Clever, yeah. And um, and then yeah. So we I built that. I um, Derek had recently switched the whole Savical uh, block article area to Ghost, uh, headless Ghost with a you know hooked up to his eleven D uh, static site. And we're on 11D as well. So uh, I looked into the ghost stuff and they had some really nice, like a really nice starter template and good documentation. And and the ghost editor is really nice, actually. So I've got all that hooked up. The only reason you haven't deployed it yet is because there's no posts yet. <laughs> but, mm. but there's going to be some soon. Um, there's kind of three different... Um, two or three different categories of, of posts that I'm going to publish there. I have a list of uh, SEO keywords. I've been doing a lot of SEO research in the past few months. And uh, there are like some low-hanging fruits, I'd say, that I, I'm curious to try to see if we can rank well for. So I got some some article ideas around some of those keywords. And those are kind of like the kind of boring articles in a sense i know like the less boring they are obviously it's going to be better if you want them Mm -hmm. to rank but they are like mostly written for seo purposes Mm -hmm. and um and then the other part 
is more like inspirational content. So that's just like content I, I want to write because I feel like it would be fun to like tell a story about something. Of course. Yeah. Um, I have an idea for, for a thing. Um, I'll, I'll share it now, but I'll, I'll talk more about it when I do it. But I want to do a, a how reform uses reform to run reform blog post kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. 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 And then I thought about like, how, how can I, it, like could i turn this more into more of a thing so i thought about like maybe it could be like slash dog fooding or something like that and mm. then i want to encourage other startups to do the same thing and then i thought if i include a list of everyone who does this in the post they could get included if they link back and then we could like start to link to each other and like the whole, I, I thought of like, you know, remember block rolls in the old day? <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so wow. I thought that could be That's fun. Like people do now time. pages, but we could do like a dog fooding page because it's so fun. Like it's fun to read about how startups use their own products. And For sure. how, like, I, I would love to see how you use summit to like plan mm. your own stuff. And mm -hmm. you even have like the privacy mode feature. So it's pretty obvious. Makes it easy. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, huh. stuff like that so i think that's going to be more like for twitter you know I'm, yeah if i'm going to write a, a post about like some seo keyword i'm not probably not going to post it on twitter but sure uh, sure some of this stuff is more like fun content that i'm more passionate about so yeah gonna ramp that up soon then i am um, i'm going to sponsor a newsletter um someone reached out and uh that's going to be fun to see if it's going to generate anything and um yeah sapier as i talked about we're going to launch with them i think end of this month or early february i'm excited to see what does that mean because i thought you were already yeah well we are is this extended launch right project. so the thing that's still <laughs> missing is they're gonna feature us in their newsletter i see last time okay. we were just like a um we were in the bottom of the newsletter uh, and we were whatever like recent uh not recent but it was just some sort of like based on some activity or okay. trending right now or something like that mm -hmm. but this is more like a we're going to be featured because we launched <laughs> and okay. they ha will have a blog post about reform on the sapio blog i think and uh, that they're going to link to in their newsletter and that's going to be kind of like the thing <laughs> that's going to be the okay. launch got it um cool i want to do some content uh, either on our blog or on their blog about the transfer feature that I talked about last time. Right. I think it's just so cool. And yeah. So, yeah. So just got a lot of stuff cooking on the marketing front. I'm working on some competitor pages as well. And as you can tell, like I'm just motivated and kind of like back in the groove and feel like mm -hmm. I have brain capacity to start to think about like, honestly, like a month ago, I was just thinking about like survival. I was just looking at the run, way and thinking i need to survive on this <laughs> and just like stay alive <laughs> mm -hmm. and now i'm more like okay we got this like we got this going for us we got this going for us there's some obvious challenges and some big risks and some stuff we haven't figured out but yeah you know like on my walks through the forest i i, I feel like yeah we we got some stuff we can try and we got some time and yeah so yeah. that's kind of like the lay of the land in reform cool, land right now nice nice uh yeah. i like it how's your week start to the year. <laughs> yeah uh it's been good just a flurry of activity uh as i said 
couple episodes ago, I believe the velocity of Team Summit has definitely increased since Peter joined. And uh, that's been great. So in terms of just the focus on the front end development and it just, it's, it's so nice because, um, you know, Giles is part-time and, and while that was the case, there were times where I was jumping into the JavaScript and front-end code, let's put it that way, to like make changes or just to try to get this new button in or something like that and out of my comfort zone for sure. And it just felt like such a grind. Um, and the kernel of the product was there, but we had all these features that we wanted to still release, almost like the features that make all the effort worth it, like okay, we did the core part, people like it. Now let's do all the sort of fun, exciting features right. on top of that that really make the product shine, you know? And it's just been so rewarding to see some of these um, make the product shine features coming to life here in the last couple of weeks. And, uh, you know, that has really helped. Like now that those are live, it's really freed up my mind to now think about, okay, what's next? Because before it was almost like I couldn't get those, I only have so much mental RAM. So like it was all consumed by the same three or four features that I've been thinking about for months. <laughs> and now, now that they're either live being worked on, my brain has now the ability to say, let go of those, reallocate now memory towards whatever's next. And that feels good because now I'm actually ahead of, product development again in terms of the roadmap and where we want to go and what we want to do next and so i spent some time this week writing um just a page on like the next project that i think we should work on um we're in the middle of a project right now to uh really i'd say re-architect the way that the the data that comes back from your model the way it's stored on the front end and the reason that we want to do that is so that if we can store it differently, then we can give you as the user many more options on how to display it and including some uh, formulas that you can actually use on the front end to you know, say, hey, I don't just want my MRR and customers. I want to know my ARPU. It's like, cool. Well, you, you have that data in the client. We want to give you a way just to running a simple division problem or formula. Yeah. And that opens up a whole world. And so Peter is uh, cranking away on that. Um, it should be really approachable to novices, but power users will actually be able to write their own SQL statements to query any of the model output that they want to, to generate charts and graphs and numbers and metrics, you know, as much as they want to. So, so cool. that's that's yeah, it's great because then we can actually just encourage our users to be to be analysts and the ones that are analysts can help the ones that aren't and say, hey, here's the query you need to get the metric you need in your model, right? And right. you know, I can help you, you can help somebody else. Like we can all sort of help each other build these analyses. Um, because the structure is going to be the same. So if you know how to query for ARPU in one model, it's going to be very, very similar to query for ARPU in another model. And so that means that we can all just sort of help each other and get better at the same time. Unlike Excel, where it's like, well, I have no idea how you built your model and I don't know where you, you know, I don't know if it's even possible for you to calculate that, you know. Um, so that's really cool. And, and that's underway. We're releasing it in phases. I think a good engineering practice that Peter is bringing to this uh, and Giles recommended as well is let's basically try to mimic the current front end 
using the new new refactored front end stack, if you will. Um, and then assuming it all works seamlessly, like it's at parity, has all the same features and no new bugs <laughs> uh, as the existing, then we can add in, then we can expose to the user these new capabilities. And so- I love that pretty, pattern, yeah. We, yeah. we try to do that as well. Bjorn really likes that. And I think, I think he picked it up from listening to Derek as well. I, Derek is like notorious for like chipping yeah. away at these big things and like putting them into the product before they're actually available yeah. to the user and just like have them in production. You feel much better about it when it's mm -hmm. been, even if no one's used it, you feel better about it if Completely. it's been in production for a week. Completely. Yeah. So um, we have a couple things like this now. So uh, he just, we have a pull request or he just uh, merged it into master, I believe that uses a completely refactored way to store the data on the front end, but renders the same table, no new features, just the same ones that you had before. And then now he's introducing the uh, a la SQL element, the, um, the JavaScript framework that lets you run these queries. And the next step is going to be, okay, we're going to write the queries for you. You're not even going to know that that's how it's being done. It's going to generate the table for you. You're not going to do anything, but it's a SQL query powered output table. Yeah, so awesome. Which, which sets the stage for charts because what is a chart? It's just querying a table of time series and values. And then instead of showing a table, the component, the display element is a chart instead of a table, right? So he's refactoring the UI so that data storage and visualization are separate concerns. And that's just going to really allow the front end to come to life in terms of, hey, and you know, I also want to see a, a line graph or a bar chart of this data as my model runs, you know, and I want to put it here yeah. on the canvas. Like you can imagine putting a chart somewhere on the canvas alongside your model. So when you hit run, like these charts populate, just like an Excel spreadsheet view where you can put a chart wherever you want to, right? Um, yeah. So yeah, he. so that's going to production in stages and that should be something that users get to experience optimistically in February, but the, the really the roadmap says March. So it'd be great if it were February, if it's March, that's okay too. And I am simultaneously moving. Like I said, I'm, I'm now able to free myself up and think about the next, next things. Ryan and I are talking about marketing and business development and sort of how do we get people who know how to build models in summit together with uh, users that want to use models that have been built in summit as well as companies who have data and interest in people building models using that data on summit. And so it's kind of this three-party sort of platform where, you know, those are all different skills and we think we can bring them together. And so the next, next thing that I'm thinking about is over the weekend, I built a little uh, app in summit for a food truck business. Because I was talking to Sky in a walk and we mentioned like, it'd be fun one day to own a food truck or, or a cafe or something like that. I was like, oh, what about a food truck? So I'm like literally walking the dog and I'm coming home and I'm like, I'm going to build a model in Summit of like what it would be like to run a food truck business in Austin. And so I built it and I used the new forms view so that at the very end, rather than having all this sort of source code visible, 
I turned every every event that mattered where it was like where input mattered, I turned that into a form. And then I took a screenshot of it and shared it on Twitter. And the reaction was very different than I usually get to my summit boards that I share on Twitter. Because rather than seeing a bunch of complicated formulas that people don't understand, I think everybody just saw this like colorful, colorful, like uh, page of forms, right? That you could fill out that somehow then generated like a financial statement for a food truck <laughs> business. And it was like, there was a weather component, there was sales per day, there was like how much it costs to like sell a cup of coffee. And it was like this kind of very custom uh, financial model for a food truck, but like it was easy to use. It was just like colorful and fill in the blanks. And so I had this realization that like, okay, that's cool. If I want to share that with people, my only option right now in Summit is to publish a template and then like, if you want to copy that model into your own account, you can, and then you can change it. You can edit it. You can, you can break it. And I can't at that point really improve it for you. Like it's, it's out of my re like it's gone, you know, it's sort of like forking, forking an open source project or something and just taking it and changing it. Like I may be a contributor, but I no longer can improve the product experience for you. Um, so I just realized, you know, what would be really cool instead is if I could publish that, not as a template, but as an app, right? And the idea being that you don't want to ever write the features of that of that app yourself, potentially. Like your only real purpose is just to use it and run it a few times and like get the answers from it. And you also like the idea that over time, I may improve it by like adding the weather feature or adding some other thing that you didn't know about. Like you get that push improvements to you and like this is just like an app on your phone where of course like you don't need to change how the weather report works you just want a form that you've put in your postal code and you get like the forecast you know yeah like a tax calculator or something like that yeah where you're not the expert and you don't ever yeah. want to you don't even want the risk of like screwing it up <laughs> you just want to yeah. run the model and get the answer right Exactly. A tax example is a good one because in, in the UK, good. there are a ton of those like uh, you just put in like how much you're making and they're like, you should set aside this for national insurance and this for income mm -hmm. tax. And Yeah. And so I, I, I think that's true for potentially a lot of Excel models or Excel based models and templates where the user never really gets to the point of hacking the model or changing it all they really ever do is change like the numbers that are highlighted in blue on the first page that are like the assumptions. And then they just use the output to like help. They can download the output. They can play with the output, but like they don't actually change the functions or formulas of the model because they, they didn't write them in the first place and they don't really understand <laughs> like how it all works. Yeah. So this is not that, this is not that far out of reach. So he, here's the thought why not let somebody build a model like that that potentially has a bunch of long tail interests like a food truck financial model build it once publish it as an app you can use it right you, you can't change the formulas you can't move things around it's the the presentation is locked you also can't see the source code right so if i create this food truck model and it took me some effort i don't necessarily want somebody just ripping it off and copying it right themselves so by using the forms view, we're actually hiding the summit formulas from the end user, which is fine potentially.
But now it incentivizes somebody to develop an app for Summit, you know, and potentially get paid to for us to host that. We can host it for them on Summit. User, our users can browse this selection of apps and use them. And then like if you create a popular app, you could get rewarded for that, right? You could get paid for people so using So what you're your saying app. is you've developed a programming language and now you're realizing not everyone is a programmer. How embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny because yes, you developed a programming language and then of course the first people we went after were like programmers and developers and modelers, people that wanted yeah. to build these things. And that was like our world. I don't think we thought that eventually, certainly anytime soon, there'd be a whole group of people who are going, I don't actually want to code the, the, the models. I just want to use them. Yeah. But that makes a lot of sense because I was talking to a, a VC um, during a fundraise uh, a while back, and she said that with Airtable, for example, she doesn't know how to build Airtable apps. But she goes to Airtable looking for like a CRM yeah. that's built using Airtable. And then she just wants to use it. But she doesn't actually mm. know how to build the app. And that was the first sort of moment where I went, wait a minute. Summit might have users that are not developers. Like how do we help them use the product? Mm. And so we've been on this journey of going, how do we create an experience for users that aren't developers? And I think it started with the, okay, click a button and place an event on the screen. So now you don't have to know how to write the formulas just to add a bank account to a model. Visual basic. <laughs> yeah. And then it turned into, well, wait a minute, Visual Studio, right? The, micro yeah. the Microsoft Visual Forms version, which is like, well, wait a minute, there could just be a, almost everything is a form. So a form is pretty easy to understand. You just need a label and a thing. So we have that. And now we're saying, well, wait a minute, we could give the developers just a few more presentation layer choices like locking things hiding things arranging things maybe changing the size of forms and background colors and maybe you can upload a logo you know to your app and put it there and now we basically yeah, we have these little mini apps that people could create and sponsor potentially and you could create a free app that is say um hey we we're profit well i'm gonna pick on patrick for a second we're profit well we have this product called retain it reduces your churn by this much. Here's a little mini app on Summit where you can change the, you can put in your own, you know, ARPU and MRR and churn rates and then like click this button and run the model and see what Retain would do for you, right? The the benefit of Retain. And there's plenty of reason for them to have a free app on Summit that sort of sells you on what Retain could do for you. And then there's a click through where you can go to profitwell.com slash Retain or whatever it is and say, yeah, I, I, I want to do this. I'm interested now that I've sort of tasted the value uh, you know, through this little app. Um, I think there's a lot of those because every fintech, a lot of fintechs, I think, are super innovative. But the challenge they have is education. So they come out with a new kind of loan or a new kind of financing. And the challenge they have is like, how do we help an operator of a business really understand like how this works and the value of this. So I think these apps in a lot of ways could be educational for people um, to learn about these financial products and then potentially, you know, go to whoever offers those products and transact, right. Or, or, or use them. Right. Um, 
it sounds overwhelming in a way, but it's actually pretty simple from here of like locking things down and just hiding certain elements on the screen. Like we've really done, I feel like the hard part here. I think there's some billing work that we need to do and some presentation layer stuff. But um, as Peter said yesterday, I think our data model, the thing that the two years in the wilderness that I experienced of like rewriting Summit multiple times, I think I came out of it with a data model that was really good. And I think it's making a lot of these like higher level features that depend on really high level abstractions a lot easier, you know? Um, so that's kind of the next, next thing. And I think that could be a growth engine for us because obviously if we get a company to create an app, they're going to want to promote it, you know, and it's a win-win situation for our users and them and us. Right. So that's, um, looking out, you know, a few months, but I'm pretty stoked. Yeah, man. I don't know, man. You said forms are pretty simple to understand like a few minutes ago and then my brain just stopped so i didn't hear it <laughs> <laughs> you're cut of, to the core back to the time when i had the same thinking yeah, forms are pretty <laughs> simple. uh wouldn't it be a weird twist of fate if reform was somehow uh you know you're like are you a cell developer do you want your summit app to work on your marketing site here's a reform integration with summit that just automatically connects to your summit it model. would be really really cool really i mean maybe we somehow map those guys. deals yeah <laughs> we, we should talk to the guys that can make that happen <laughs> yeah oh you, man you people should talk to my people because <laughs> yeah. one level down it's like okay peter and bjorn you guys can talk <laughs> but like speaking of some like other people's people talking to your people situations have you listened to the acquired fm with a, about taylor swift just started listening last night so excited it's wow it's a good podcast yeah i've always i've been talking about taylor her. swift for 24 hours and my wife is, she's a taylor swift fan and she's been you know great. on tumblr and stuff like that but she's like yeah yeah i can tell you a swifty now <laughs> yeah uh so i've been to multiple Such taylor swift concerts and, or at least one. Have I been to both? My 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 daughter and uh, wife have been to multiple. Uh, huge Taylor Swift fans in this household. I like her music. I won't claim to be a Swifty, but I've always marveled at her business acumen and just savage ability to win when it comes to marketing and and just you know reaping the rewards of all of her amazing talent. And I was so excited to see that the headlights. I actually texted a screenshot of it to to my wife and daughter and went two hours and 40 minutes or whatever of going through this. And yeah. so we took a walk last night. It was about an hour or about 40 minutes long. And we just started playing it. I put the phone in my pocket and just turned up the volume and we listened to it as we're walking <laughs> along. Nice. And it's so good. It's so good. Um, and I can't wait to like, they're just setting it up right now with she's young and she's getting started, but like you can see the chips on the shoulder starting already. Like to get But also like the way they start it. in such an acquired fashion with like yeah. grandparents and, <laughs> That's yeah, what I mean. Yeah, they just start like way Pennsylvania early. Pennsylvania and yeah. like railroads. And <laughs> it's so good. You're like, wait, what? Yeah, yeah. it's it's awesome. I, I, yeah, it's like, how are they gonna? How are they gonna talk about more than everybody already knows about Taylor Swift? It's like, oh, you'll see. Like these guys yeah. do their research. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Highly recommended. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. There was a there was one thing I thought about related to podcasts. If it's okay to talk about it now. I don't know if oh, you're yeah. in the middle of something. No, I'm done. 
we um the two of us we need to have a chat about what we want to do with this podcast we had had this on our to-do list for a while um at least we got back in the recording groove again yeah it feels like let's start but um there's just something like kind of with this new like spur of um inspiration or motivation or whatever that i'm going through after like kind of settling down again and getting into the groove of the co-working space was i've had this maybe it's like a growth mindset slash like a what's the other <laughs> non-growth mindset limited mindset yeah that i've i have i've Poverty had this thinking. thinking like you know the first channel that kind of worked for reform was my audience on twitter and this podcast and it feels like i've kind of tapped that out i mean it's 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 still a recurring channel but mm-hmm. it's kind of it's only as big like it's 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 not growing very much it's yeah. just kind of like whatever is in that channel is going to get exposed to reform and some of them a percentage of them are going to sign up mm-hmm. and so i've been thinking like yeah so the only the only solution is to get another channel besides that and then <laughs> captain obvious like it just occurred to me yesterday well you could also grow that channel because it is always it is already working <laughs> mm-hmm. so like you know if this podcast had 10 times more listeners which i think would be realistic then it probably more people would sign up for reform and summit and if i had 10 times more people following me on twitter the same thing like more people would sign up for right reform. right right and right. it just kind of occurred to me that these are not static numbers like you know we could do stuff to and um invest in the podcast invest in the quality and the getting help and you know anyways just thought about that like thought about that yesterday like i it it is possible to grow that channel and it is a channel and it is actually working pretty well yeah and actually it reminds me what they talked about on acquired speaking of is they they were very niche at first like we're going to teach people how venture capital firms work you know and now they're talking about taylor swift (laughs) and so i think one thing they learned is like as they covered topics that were broader but brought the same sort of skills to bear on those topics, they got a much larger audience because of course yeah. people share it with larger groups. Like talking about bootstrapping as an indie hacker has a certain sphere to it, but you know, we could also talk about slightly larger topics as well. And I think that would have broader appeal potentially. So it's yeah. one, one way. Well, even just it. like do the most basic stuff to promote this podcast. But I just feel like mm-hmm. none of us has felt like it was worth promoting in the past, like maybe few months because we haven't been super regular like you don't want to tell people to go listen to your podcast if you haven't recorded an episode yeah, there's three recordings months. in six months <laughs> yeah for sure and like i have a crappy microphone like how like i should just get a better microphone like just stuff like that where i'm like come yeah. on like take this yeah. seriously so just something yeah. that occurred to me I like it okay yeah we should it, it we should actually get it on the calendar soon Okay. I don't want to do it on the mic. Okay. We'll talk we'll talk it through offline. Online. Private. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Cool. Good to talk again. We'll catch you at the mastermind tonight. Yeah. Night night. Yep. See you there. All right. Yeah. Good chatting. Bye. Bye, Peter.